If you listen to the show for any amount of time, you know that I do have a merch store or two, and I don't generally push my merch because I don't feel comfortable hitting you guys up for money. But if you're listening to me on anything resembling a regular basis, you probably laugh at the same things I do. You probably think a lot of the same things I do. So why don't you go check out HorribleDesigns.com. They have assorted merchandise with funny comments on it, funny t-shirts, funny mouse pads, funny coffee cups, and then some stuff that maybe not necessarily so funny, but is definitely relevant, whether it's a social opinion, an economic opinion, a stance on you know things like veganism or whether or not you need essential oils in your life. So yeah, anyway, that's my little plug. I have some of their shirts. They're comfortable. They're cool. I like them. HorribleDesigns.com. Go check it out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. So we're going to start out with the supporter shoutouts. On Patreon we have Josh, Jake, B-Word, and the Iceman. And on Buy Me a Coffee we have Jason and Miss Aaron. Thank you guys for the constant support. I really do appreciate it. Now... I'm going to kind of just jump into it here. Uh, it's been a week. It's been an interesting week, to say the least. Um, first, an update on the East Palestine, uh, Ohio chemical spill. I have been listening to a few different sources, things talking about things. Um, they basically, they're trying to say the water's clean. All the sites they're testing are still the ones that are paid for by the railroad company. And it's been basically a shit show, a huge disaster. Uh, Mayor Pete finally showed up, was completely fucking incompetent, looked like an idiot, you know, 20-some days after the actual event happened. This moron shows up wearing, like, a rogue crew vest and safety goggles and a hard hat and basically still didn't actually address any of the fucking actual problems. Um, The chemical companies are basically saying the polyvinyl chloride is not really much of an issue. It's been dissipated, blah, 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 blah. And people that are smarter than me about chemistry that exist out there have said that, yeah, they're going to say that because the polyvinyl chloride is no longer the biggest issue. Not saying it's not an issue, but it's not the biggest issue because apparently there were other chemicals on that train and other things that have been done, including a bunch of refined oil, like not crude oil, refined oil, which crude oil, you know, we spill, we're used to cleaning it up and they've got the system pretty well down at this point. But this was like a refined lubricant that they basically buried in the ground so they could get the trains running again. And that's probably going to contaminate the water table and do all kinds of fucking damage. And so, yeah, people are still pretty much fucked. The government is still doing fuck all about it. 
Uh, Sleepy Joe made a surprise trip to the Ukraine instead of addressing domestic issues here. He went over there to show our continued support for, for the people of Ukraine and the president of Z- Zelensky. Now, again, I've talked ad nauseum about how I feel about this. We should not be funding a war. If anything, we should be attempting to broker a peace. Uh, but that's not how this senile old fuck thinks, and that's not how he acts, and it's realistically probably not going to happen. It looks like a little bit more every day. World War III is fucking looming because Russia's got the backing of China. If they get involved and start attacking NATO countries, we get drawn into a war that we really have no business being involved in, and everything's going to go sideways, and these assholes don't care. Biden is just as much of a puppet of the military-industrial complex as anybody else that's been out there, and Saying this shit at one point would have been, you know, very conspiracy theory, very tinfoil hat-ish. But at this point, it's just it, it's just paying fucking attention. And we still have just massive amounts of, particularly of these young, dumb motherfuckers out here that are like, oh, no, he's doing a great job. He's doing this. He's doing that. And all the, like, social media messaging that is coming out of the White House, whether it's the accounts representing the president or the accounts representing the White House in general, are all just regurgitating the same bullshit over and over again. You know, it's talking about how all these things that basically the vast majority of the people I know, I mean, I can't, obviously I can't speak for everybody, but the vast majority of America doesn't want to get drawn into fucking World War III. We would like to see a peaceful resolution of the conflict going on between Ukraine and Russia, and America's getting sick of financing this fucking war that shouldn't be happening. We, sh- we should be saying, look, we need to negotiate a peaceful resolution of this because nobody's fucking winning at this point. Uh, although, depending on which side of the media you're listening to and whose spin you're buying, either side, both sides are claiming that they're, you know, going to w- win this war. So, you know, how silly of us to question that shit. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at on that. And so, yeah. Biden goes over to the Ukraine, then he hopped a train to go to friggin' Poland, which I don't understand. Like, other than Joe's fascination with trains, and you'd think after multiple derailments in the in the U.S., Joe would be a little more hesitant about getting on a train. But I also think it was probably something done to just by his little puppeteers that said, "Oh, here, 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 Joey, we're getting on the train because God forbid you try and go up another flight of stairs and fall up into Air Force One again." Because, yes, he's done it again. He fell up another flight of stairs. And, like, occasionally when I was a kid, I used to trip up the stairs. Um, I, I grew The house I grew up in, I was lived on the second story. And, yeah, I was going up and down the stairs constantly from for pretty much my entire life. It's probably one of the reasons my friggin' calves are gigantic. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the point is, yeah, if you're rushing and you're running up the stairs, I can understand you tripping up the steps. When you're moving at a shambling corpse's pace and you still manage to fall up those motherfuckers, that's an entirely different matter. It's a fairly impressive feat, if you think about it, the fact that he keeps falling up the stairs and manages to not bust anything to the point where he takes himself out of the equation. I mean, I, I suppose he's resilient or they're giving him really good drugs, one of the two. But yeah, so they, they put him on a platform instead of a, instead of a flight of stairs up into the plane uh, so he could get on the train and go to go to Poland to you know do his diplomatic tour or whatever to show that the American people still support the Ukraine, regardless of what the actual story is. I mean, I've said it multiple times, it's real easy to support something when it doesn't actually directly impact you to do so. And in the case of politicians, they're spending our money. It's not like they're spending theirs. They don't have to suffer any cuts. They're not dealing with the direct impact of inflation. 
anybody who's suckling at the government tit on that level doesn't feel the impact of their own policies. That's one of the biggest problems I have with the government in this country is these assholes have built themselves a golden parachute and a shield to protect themselves from the impact of their own fucking decisions that the rest of us have to live with. So, yeah, this this bunch of fucking idiots. And that's where they're at, where they're just trying to, oh, no, no problems over here. Nothing's going wrong here. Meanwhile, we've got refineries exploding. We've got more chemical spills. There's been truck spills. There's been more train derailments with train spills out of chemicals. There have been food manufacturing fire plant, plant fires. It's been an utterly ridiculous fucking week, and it just keeps compounding. And it's it, like, how much more... Do they expect us to just shrug it off and write it off to coincidence? How much more is it going to take before we actually start like bringing back tarring and feathering? It, that would not necessarily be a bad thing. I mean, these politicians need to be reminded who's in fucking charge here. It's not supposed to be them. They're supposed to work for us. It's not. We're not here to provide for them. They're supposed to be providing for us. It's their jobs. That's the whole point of getting the offices. You're supposed to be, be a public servant. It's in the fucking job title. And the more this shit happens, the more it looks like, yeah, they're trying to push for all this conflict and all to push, you know, depending on whatever conspiracy theory you want to believe, one new world order, the one world government, the great reset, the world economic forum is going to try and reset the world. There's all this conspiracy shit. And it gets harder and harder to keep going, no, that's crazy, because the the world is just, it's gone batshit, and part of it may be, yeah, we're just more, I've talked about this before, too. Maybe it's we're more connected. Maybe it's that the world's going fucking nuts. Maybe it's a little of both. You know, a little column A, a little column B. Me, personally, I, <laughs> every day that goes by, I believe less and less in coincidence. We keep looking at it, and things keep going. It's not, it's not like they're even really trying to hide it anymore. They're basically kind of like, yeah, we're going to do it. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Because somewhere along the lines, we let them drive all this like division and all the bullshit that humanity gets distracted by, particularly in the United States where we've got, they've got us at each other's throats because it keeps us from being at theirs. It keeps us from going, you know what? You guys need to be running out of town on a fucking rail because you're not doing the fucking job you're supposed to be doing. It's, they've got us so busy worrying about fighting over who you're sleeping with or what you look like or whatever fucking petty, stupid bullshit people are fighting over because nobody can just say, hey, you know what? We're all people and that's all about as far as it goes. So they keep fueling and driving this division because it keeps us from focusing on them and it's fucking ridiculous. And so that brings me to the next topic that I want to talk about, which is uh, apparently Fauci hasn't gone away as much as I would have hoped. He's popping back up again. At this point, he basically admitted that they instituted lockdowns to force people to get vaccinated, which if you still if you still believe that and you think it's in your best interest, that's fine. But if you are OK with having forced people into that shit, then frankly, I don't know why you're listening to me because you're pathetic. Unless you're listening, if you're like hate listening to me, in which case, hey, welcome aboard, motherfucker. But yeah, so ultimately, so Fauci comes out and says, yeah, we basically forced you guys into getting this jab because we don't need to. And information has been released that shows basic, basically the jabs netted Fauci something like $400 million because of his position on the companies that produced the mRNA technology. So, yeah, what, what a coincidence. No, no conflict of interest there at all. I'm sure he was doing it out of, out of a humanitarian need to try and protect the public. 
But so that comes out and it's finally been admitted by mainstream media that in all likelihood some of, and certain government agencies have finally acknowledged that it was probably a lab leak in Wuhan that led to COVID breaking out in the first place. So yeah, now that's an, another one for the conspiracy theorists. If, you, if you're keeping track. Um, yeah. And that is really, I mean, big pharma is doing what big pharma does. Does it still look, doesn't look like there's going to be any real accountability held? Which is another reason why I think we need to put the politicians' feet to the fire, because yeah, they got that blanket indemnity thing, but those kind of things can be revoked. You know, there's no such thing as permanent. I think if there's enough of a liability, if we start making enough noise, if we start demanding some action on this, they will probably reel it back instead of trying to, uh, you know, deal with having to bear the wrath of the population themselves. And the more things happen, the more it seems like they're they're starting to realize, at least some of the politicians are starting to realize that the, the people are getting fed up. I mean, some of them don't get it at all. Some of them are completely disillusioned. Some of them have completely drank the Kool-Aid, and they are convinced that the system's going to keep kicking along the way it has been for all this time because for them it has to. It's It's sort of a cognitive disconnect. They have to believe that the system is going to work the way it's always worked. The people are going to accept the same manipulation and the same bullshit because it always has worked that way because it has to. Because if it doesn't, they're utterly boned. And acknowledging that and, you know, fessing up to reality that people are getting sick of this shit is real. Realistically, it just doesn't work for a lot of them. Their mentality is they're so convinced that they're going to keep, be able to keep playing the same old game. And it doesn't help any that a lot of these politicians should have aged out fucking years ago, if not decades ago. We have people that have no business being in public office, sitting in their chairs, collecting massive paychecks for being fucking useless. And content to just kick things along and maintain the status quo because that's how it's always been and that's how it'll always be. We've always been at war with with this country, not the other countries. And it's always been that way and it always will be that way kind of a paraphrasing of 1984. I think that everybody that listens to the show probably knows that unless you're one of these young dumb motherfuckers who somehow accidentally found your way here, in which case pull your head out of your ass, shake the shit out of your ears, get your head on right, learn something, be smarter. Um, yeah. So yeah, but anyway, all this information has been coming out and like, so they're basically admitting that all the conspiracy shit about COVID was right now. They've released statements basically showing that masking was completely ineffectual. It was a stupid thing that did nothing to slow the spread of the virus or anything else like that. And a lot of stuff is happening like this. And then, then something that I actually found pretty funny. I literally just found out about this, uh, like, you know, Sunday evening, uh, just for a timetable that's, um, this week on Saturday Night Live. Now, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in probably 15, 20 years. Um, I stopped really being a fan of it in the mid-90s, and I just I didn't find it entertaining anymore. I thought it had gotten way too just soft. You know, there was when it was founded, it was cutting edge. It was, you know, revolutionary. They were willing to say things other people wouldn't say. And they just seem to be shifting more and more into just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to just go with the easy laughs and we're not going to say anything too controversial because we don't want to lose our sponsors or our ad revenue. <laughs> and um, so this past weekend, Woody Harrelson was 
the host of this Saturday Night Live, which uh, in and of itself, not anything super remarkable. Yeah, another Hollywood guy on there. But during the opening monologue, there's been a lot of debate whether he went off script, which is probably more likely because he's already being dragged by most mainstream media. Um, because he went off on this terror talking about how he got a script that was, there was these global cartels and they were basically doing all this stuff to force people to buy their drugs, to be able to leave their house and go out and live their lives and all this other shit. You had to buy stuff from this cartel. And he said he threw the script down because nobody would believe that would happen. And he went off on this terror that was basically talking about everything that happened under the pandemic and the Big Pharma, basically comparing Big Pharma to cartels, which is not that far off the fucking mark. And like I said, immediately mainstream media, oh, he went off on an anti-vax rant and da 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 da, and they're you know trying to throw all this shade at him, and it's kind of funny to me because that's just further indicative of how out of touch these companies are, whether it's the mainstream media. The different i mean nobody really reads the papers anymore i don't think but on their websites and on their blogs and on the cnn and the msnbc and all this other thing they're trying to drag woody for saying in a sense for putting an anti-vax rant and a tear basically for calling out the shit that actually happened i mean it's not like he was saying anything that was factually inaccurate at this point that's and he didn't even say that was actually the case. He just said he was talking about a movie script that he rejected for being completely unrealistic. But you know, it was pretty much exactly what happened over the last two and a half years. So it's you know it's something it's it, it's out there. You can go take a look at it if you want. It's 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 definitely good for a chuckle. I watched it a couple of times just because it made me laugh and. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, funny to me, but the thing that, like I said, the thing that really got me thinking about that though is the massive and immediate condemnation from all the mainstream media outlets because they were also the ones that were pushing this narrative. They were the ones that were citing all these sources, saying, "Oh yeah, no, this is what we need to do, and this is what's right," and you know, trust the science and all the other bullshit that turned out to be just that utter bullshit. And is it more and more of this information is being released and whether it's through, you know, forced, like, you know, they wanted 75 years before the paperwork on the VAX was going to be released, and they didn't get that. So all the information that's in that testing that's basically showing they gave us poison and called it a cure, even though it didn't actually do anything, they made hundreds of billions of dollars off of this bullshit, of taxpayer money, too. I mean, that's one of those things everybody forgets when they're not thinking about these things. Um, the simple fact of the matter is none of this shit was free. Yeah, everybody went to the whatever pharmacy they went to to get their jabs, which should have been the first red flag is, oh, you can go get it at the pharmacy. You don't have to actually get the shot from, say, a doctor or even a nurse practitioner. The the, the 19-year-old kid that has a pharmacy tech license that they got in a six-week course is more than qualified to give you a, your injection of this shit. And maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe they had had to have a certain degree of training to give these shots up. But realistically, I don't think they did. Um, just based on the fact that I think the kid who gave me the shot I took to keep my job looked like she was maybe a year or two younger than my kid. So I'm really not sold on the whole, yeah, these are well-trained, certified adults. But 
it was, uh, yeah, it, it, the whole thing about it was a little hinky to, from the get-go. And a lot of people didn't want to complain about it. I mean, everybody was scared and, you know, wanted to try and get back to normal without really, they were so concerned about thinking, you know, okay, we need to get back to normal. This, What do we need to do to get back to normal? Then nobody stopped to question, why do we need to do this to get back to normal? And everybody was so there was so much hype and so much bullshit around this to scare people into wanting this. That the fact that, like I said, the the vaccine companies, the the drug companies were given blanket indemnity and and zero liability as long as they churn this product out. And they weren't doing it to be altruistic. They weren't doing it for free. Even though nobody had to hand out cash when they got their jabs, they're getting their money from somewhere. They're they're billing the government for every single one of these jabs. And I think the jabs, based on something I read somewhere, I think it's a, a couple three bucks to 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 produce. And they were even even if they were only charging ten dollars a jab, which I'm sure was probably more than that. I again I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. I remember a lot of people being outraged that the price for the boosters was going to go up now that they weren't being subsidized by the government anymore. And it was going up to a hundred some odd dollars a shot or whatever. I mean, it's still going to be paid for by insurance because of course they, you know, it's, it's one big circle jerk and they got to get that money passed around somehow. But it's, uh, it's realistically kind of a hot mess. It's, it, it's, but it's all the, the fast gates start starting to crack. And so the question we really got to look at is, are we going to see anything really come of it? The fact that somebody was, you know, a celebrity, somebody who's part of the Hollywood machine, somebody who has to maintain a certain status in order to keep fucking working, felt comfortable enough to come out and make these jokes. And like I said, it kind of seemed based on the clip I watched that he was going off script. That was not what they were expecting. But they also didn't cut him off. They didn't cut the the feed. They didn't do anything that was really obviously censoring him. So, I mean, maybe test seat approval. Maybe they didn't want to take the chance of compounding what he was saying by cutting him off mid mid uh, mid shtick. Because if they would have done that, people would have just grabbed it and ran with it. Because oh, why are you trying to silence him and all this other shit? Because, I mean, they may be out of touch and they may still think the dynamic of 20 years ago is still in play, but they're not completely without any sort of tact or, you know, without a a certain degree of canniness when it comes to manipulating the population. And they at least realize that nothing's going to make somebody talk more than cutting something like that off mid-sentence because... That's just going to fuel that fire. That's going to give people the drive to go, well, why did they cut him off? They, he must be saying something that they don't want us to hear. It must be It must be true. Instead, they let him finish it out and immediately start a smear campaign trying to talk about how he's anti-vax and all this other shit. And they're still throwing that around like it's a dirty word. It's a, it's a slur. It's something bad to call somebody. And to... Them it is, and they the problem, like I said, this is where I think they're out of touch. They seem to think that the vast majority of the country feels that way, and I really don't believe that's the case anymore. Um, I mean, you know, granted, I'm sure there's a certain degree of echo chamber in the amount of people I, um, you know, associate with the people I follow, the people I'm, 
but I do try and keep most of my like social media feeds pretty balanced. I don't, I mean, there's like, there's a few social media accounts I mute because I can't fucking stand them anymore. They're, it's bad for my health to listen to them. Um, but there's also ones that I probably, <laughs> I probably should mute because they do drive me crazy. Uh, particularly some younger individuals who are completely like hardcore leftist, ultra liberal, like drank the Kool-Aid full on stupid ass motherfuckers. The ones who think that the senile old grandpa that is driving us into World War Three is doing a really good job and he deserves our support. And they're really proud of themselves because they're the ones who got him elected. And I saw a statistic the other day that just made me kind of chuckle and I was like, there, there's literally no fucking way because it said, do you honestly believe that Biden got more votes than Obama? And I re the only way that is even remotely likely is, uh, like I said, A, we've got all these dumb young motherfuckers that thought they were doing something great. And B, I refuse to underestimate the amount of people that may have hate voted against Trump. And I believe that particularly because I... Like I, I have a habit of kind of trolling the presidential Twitter account because they keep saying such stupid and easily disprovable things. And it's just it's something I do to amuse myself when I'm having a little errand time and trying to, you know, go through my social media so I can at least have something to talk about in these episodes. But ultimately, what it boils down to is like I said, they, they have these just ridiculous sense of like, oh, yeah, we're doing something important. But, you know, I remember when Barack Obama running for our office was a historic fucking thing. It was like this guy actually has a chance of being the first X, Y, and Z, the first black president, the first. I voted for him because he was younger and I didn't want another geriatric fuck in the White House. I still don't want geriatric fucks in the White House. I'm starting to feel like I'd be too old to run for office, even though I'm still going to be handing out Aaron for president stickers, at least until I run out of them. Uh, I'm going to have to change them pretty soon. They do have the year on them. But, yeah, I'm at the point where I don't even feel like I should be in the running for too much longer, and much less anybody old enough to be my fucking parents. So... The fact that they say, oh, well, yeah, Biden was the most popular voted for president ever. And if that's true, it's only because there's a bunch of young, stupid motherfuckers who thought they were doing the right thing. And like I said, people people hate the fucking Cheeto. And I know that is a huge portion of that's not that they were voting for Biden. They were voting against Trump. And that's part of the problem with the way the world's going is people have that mentality of, anybody's better than the person I don't like. It does, let's not look at, you know, track records. Let's not look at history. Let's not look at performance. Let's not look at where they actually stand on the issues. They're not the one I don't like. And that, like, anybody but attitude is really a huge part of the problem in this country because we've got these dumb motherfuckers that will, it, it is literally cutting off your nose to spite your own face. You won't vote for the best candidate and i'm not saying trump was the best candidate by any stretch of the fucking imagination um because he is also a geriatric motherfucker he just happens to be cheeto colored and kind of reminds me of a like discontinued muppet um like maybe from one of the meet the feebles muppets not an actual muppet muppet but a puppet 
And not that I'm not the same kind of puppet that the current president is. That's a totally different type of puppet. But I, I digress. I was not a fan of Trump. I was not a fan. I mean, if Trump or Hillary, I'm actually happier it was Hillary because of, or it was Trump, not Hillary, because, you know, at least it was somebody from a little bit outside the normal framework. I mean, yeah, he didn't he, he was not, you know, the most well-spoken. He was not the most charismatic. I mean, he he has a certain degree of charisma because a lot of people like the guy. But a lot of these people, like I said, the ones that hate voted or spite voted against him. Yeah, he still lives rent free in their head because. Anytime I make one of my little smart-ass comments on the White House, I, without fail, somebody tries to rebut what I say by referencing something Trump did or by referencing some lawsuit that was filed against him or by referencing, oh, well, Trump did this and Trump did that. And it's like nothing they're referencing actually ties into anything that I'm doing to critique the current president's performance. Nothing they're bringing up about Trump directly impacts his time as a president because they're bringing up lawsuits about things that happened when he was a private citizen, lawsuits that happened about things that he was doing as a businessman, lawsuits that happened involving his conduct as an individual that was not directly related to his performance in the fulfillment of the duties of the president of the United States. And again, I'm saying all this to say I didn't like the motherfucker. I didn't vote for him. Um, he was the lesser of two evils in some ways, because like I said, I really believe firmly believe Hillary had no business being in that seat. Um, she, and for all the bullshit about how anybody on the left wants to talk about how Trump's and his supporters are election deniers and all this other shit, Hillary spent four years, every chance she could getting in front of a camera and complaining about how the election was stolen from her. So you really don't have a leg to stand on if that's your fucking argument about the guy. You know, love him or hate him, this guy lives in a whole lot of people's head rent fucking free because they are constantly bringing him up, trying to cite him as a justification for all the bullshit that is being done by the current administration. And more so than just the fact that that they like to point out things that, like I said, they bring up shit that happened in his past before he was the president of the United States. But when he was a private citizen running a private business, or, you know, some cases publicly traded businesses, but, you know, moot point. He was not a public sector employee, whereas literally everything people bring up about the Biden family, the Biden regime, happened while he was in some aspect of a public office. This is man is a career politician who has been in office in one form or another longer than I've been alive. So, yes, his entire track record is subject to a lot more scrutiny because it is much more directly impactful. The work he did as an elected representative of the people of the United States of America, which is, again, that's why I can't stand these arguments, because they're like straw man arguments at best. They are weak minded, just whining at worst. And ultimately, it's not getting us anywhere. It's not going to. Neither side is willing to meet in the middle. Um, and that's what we got to do if we want to get any better. We have to take the power back. We have to remind these assholes that they're supposed to be working for us. We're not here to serve them and to provide them with the life they think they fucking deserve. Uh, again, like I said, you know, I'm not just saying it might not be a bad idea that we bring back tarring and feathering. I mean, yes, it's a horrible, painful, destructive thing to do to somebody, but you know, I'm sure we could find a slightly less permanent. I mean, maybe maybe use honey and honey and feathers. That would wash off. It's water based. I mean, hot tar really will 
I mean, the, that was the whole point back in the day was to scald the shit out of you and make your skin peel off and make you suffer. But I'm sure we could find something, you know, a, a little more, you know, friendly, but every bit as inconvenient and it would send roughly the same message. And, you know, I'm kind of for reinstating the idea that, like, in the early incarnation of the United States, a lot of disputes were settled by fights breaking out between representatives. I'm all for that. I think we should bring that back. I think we should endorse that. We should we should set up a, a hexagon on the floor of fucking Congress. I think we'd be a lot less likely to be voting in septuagenarians if, if we knew there was a chance they were going to get the piss beat out of them by some 23-year-old from fucking... Hoof snout Arkansas that's going to go in there saying you ain't taking the guns from the people and I'm going to whoop your ass old man you know or you know maybe maybe we done taxed people too damn much and I think I think you need a whooping to remind you where you come from you some bitch so you know maybe, maybe we could push to bring that back or maybe just stop worrying about all this divisive bullshit and realize we're all getting fucked regardless of your politics, regardless of where you stand. If you are not one of them, you are part of the fucking fodder. And that's, you know, we need to kind of spread that message. It's, you know, I'm sorry this episode's not having anything real upbeat or any kind of positive outlook or any sort of words of wisdom or guidance. I'm just, I'm not mentally in the right place to think that way. I'm fed up. I'm frustrated. I want to see these motherfuckers called to task. I want to see them reminded of who they're supposed to be fucking working for. And I, I really think as long as particularly we need to start interacting with these young, stupid motherfuckers. I keep saying it because it doesn't stop being true. And, and they say you got to hear something six times before it sticks. I'm probably going to say it 600 fucking times, and hopefully it starts sticking. Hopefully we start spreading this message. Hopefully other people start hearing. We have to start working with these stupid little bastards instead of just, we we can't over-talk them. We can't try and relate with them by, you know, just doing what they're doing and be like, hey, look how cool we are, because it's completely disingenuous. We don't want to be that, like the meme with Steve Buscemi. We're like, hello, my fellow students. We can't be that fucking guy because they're going to see through it they want to be treated like adults. They're not there. They're dumb. They're young. They're still going to make a lot of dumb fucking mistakes. They're still making a lot of dumb fucking mistakes, but in their arrogance and in their connectivity, they really think they're fucking smarter than us. And screaming at them and yelling them and, and just treating them like shit is not going to get the job done. We have to treat them like adults because that's what they claim to want. The problem is when we do treat them like adults, they think they're getting picked on. And so we have to do it with some kind of kid gloves, I guess. I mean, you know, firm but fair, tough but, tough but you know, considered. Not just randomly being mean and abusive and telling them what stupid fucks they are just to tell them what stupid fucks they are to make ourselves feel better. But telling them they're stupid fucks in such a way as to kind of encourage some development and growth. So I guess that's going to be kind of my my call out for this uh, episode is go find a young, stupid son of a bitch and try and take him under your wing and maybe, you know, steer him. Up. I'm not saying go out and find some super ultra radical leftist like any of these paid mouthpieces that are out there. Or these 20 something year old dumb sons of bitches that are, oh, I'm starting an active movement and I'm doing this. And I'm, I'm politically active. I've there's one dumb motherfucker that I I'm not going to say his name, but. 
I see him on social media, and he's like, oh, I've gotten more death threats at, un, in my early 20s than most politicians that have been doing it for their whole lives. Well, that's that's not a flex. That's fucking stupid. Now, granted, it, you're, the people you're getting death threats from are probably young and stupid as well. They're just young and stupid on the other end of things, or they think you're a fucking idiot. Or they're old people that are just sick of your rhetoric and your bullshit. But, you know, regardless, that's that's not a flex. That's not a good thing. It's like, oh, I'm saying the truth. That's why these guys want to kill me. No, you're fucking obnoxious and annoying. That's why people want to kill you. So, yeah, you don't have to find somebody like that. Find somebody there might still be some hope for. Find a young person that's willing to realize this is all bullshit and just kind of steer them. Teach, teach them the ways of not being a fucking idiot. Teach them how to be open-minded. Teach them how to meet in the middle. And uh, I guess now for that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating. Go to IHadToSayItPodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list, interact with the show. Click the links, sign up for the Patreon, join the Discord. Come and interact, be a part of the show. Buy the merch, support your favorite creator, or support me. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.